my first nonprofit job and they are offering a 403b instead of a 401k. What's the difference? I'm sure I could Google it, but I'm lazy. <laughs> you sure well, are. Thanks for your honesty. This, seriously, this is like less. This is less lazy than googling it. This is. You could have googled like 403b versus, versus 401k, and it would have been way less typing than sending it I to know, us. That but... was really weird. So okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the difference between there is no difference between a 403b and a 401k. Uh, they years ago, nonprofits were not allowed to offer 401ks, so they had to come up with something else. It was called a 403b. It was a little bit different. The things that you're going to notice that 403bs used to be a little cheaper because there were some compliance things that they needed to do, but now they're roughly the same. You could probably get a 403b cheaper a little bit um, now. Uh, and but sometimes 401ks have more. Um, investment options. So the, a 401k may come with a larger basket of investment options, but that's for, for your question. To answer your question, they're offering a 403b instead of a 401k. The answer is, yeah, put your money in it. Absolutely. Don't be a moron. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically the same thing. It's a great opportunity and not not a lot of nonprofits have the luxury of, of offering it. So I say take advantage of any of those things. And- Absolutely. Any kind of any kind of retirement any kind of retirement plan that your nonprofit offers, especially if they're if they're doing a match, because some actually do matches in town, I think, or in, in Nevada, that's a good thing to do too. Nonprofit governance. Nonprofit answers. Nonprofit board. Nonprofit management. Nonprofit marketing. Nonprofit resources. The Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits presents Nonprofit Everything, the podcast about everything nonprofit, with your host Andy Shurek and Stacy Wedding. Welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Everything. Hey, Stacy, guess what? What? We've been doing this for a year. Holy This is our anniversary. It's the podcast's anniversary. Happy anniversary. Well, same to you. Wow, where's the flowers? <laughs> I don't know. Oops. I shouldn't have said anything. Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for joining us again. Um, we are a production of the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. And this, as you know, is the podcast where Stacy and I answer every question that you send us about nonprofit stuff. So, Fire up your web browser, go over to Nonprofit Everything. There's a now a Facebook page for Nonprofit Everything. You can go there. You can ask questions there. You can send us messages. You can bother us any way that you would typically bother us. And we want all the questions you can give us, and we will be delighted to answer them. Today's episode is sponsored by Brenda J. Stout CPA, a full-service accounting firm specializing in nonprofit tax compliance and IRS problem resolution. Find out more at brendastoutcpa.com or check the Nonprofit Everything show notes for contact information. Thank you, Brenda J. Stout CPA. Thank you, Brenda. So, you know, from time to time, Andy and I will get an email or have a friend or a listener to the podcast reach out to us and tell us about perhaps something that we really royally screwed up or perhaps something we missed, like a missed opportunity to really share another perspective. And first of all, keep those coming because we love that feedback. And honestly, we are certainly far from perfect, um, or at least I am, you know, and at the end of the day, like we want to hear it and we want this to be your podcast, right? So please share us, share with us when we do something wrong. And so with that, um, we've invited Clay Buck and many of you know, Clay, he's sort of fundraising extraordinaire. I'll have him give a quick intro and then we'll get into uh, a little bit about the couple of, of things that maybe didn't quite resonate with him from a few episodes back. Oh dear. Clay, share with us a little bit about your background. Uh, sure. Happy to. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. 
Um, always fun to see where an email will go and you wind up. <laughs> you never expected um, that, did right? you? No, I did not, but thank you. And that's what I love about what you and Andy do is you are so open and it's so much more like a dialogue than just a, a podcast. But yes, so uh, I've been in fundraising since 1992, 91. So a long time in uh, Las Vegas since 2002. Worked as both a consultant and a frontline fundraiser. Uh, and I'm currently the Chief Development Officer at Nevada Blind Children's Foundation. Great. Yeah. Um, fantastic uh, organization. Super excited to be there. And I've been the president of the, uh, our uh, AFP, Association of Fundraising Professionals, chapter here in town. And, you know, a few other things here and there. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, he's very modest. I mean, his list goes on about his accomplishments. <laughs> but so one of the things that if there, for those who listen to give you the kind of quick replay we had talked about um, things that organizations do to sort of raise money and crazy things and sometimes things that, you know, may involve alcohol. And this actually didn't involve alcohol, this particular situation. But we talked a bit about how a um, a big donor and kind of board member at a, a nonprofit in Las Vegas basically was they had an outdoors event and decided to sort of do this challenge opportunity of jump in the pool, if I can get five people to jump in the pool for every person I can get, right, I'll give an extra 10,000 bucks, um, you know, for each person. So that could theoretically, you get five people who will jump in the pool. It's 50 grand, right? So this organization jumped on it. Um, literally. And literally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. No pun intended, right? <laughs> Anyways, and Clay, you have some thoughts about that. <laughs> and it, Maybe just a few. Just a few, yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's a wonderful story. It's a, del- a delightful story. I loved hearing it. Um let me, if, if I could, though, let me step up just okay. just a little bit, because this is sort of the perspective that I that I came to from it. I think that we are working in the sector now and fundraising in a world like we've never had before. I think it's a phenomenal time for us because there's so much thought, there's so much research, there's so much leadership happening on important discussions. We as a sector are not immune to the things like the Me Too movement and um, uh, discrimination and uh, inclusion and diversity and all of these things. There are very, very important dialogues happening. Side note and a plug, this is why I think associations are so important. So like AFP, uh, like AHP, Association of Healthcare Philanthropy, like Anne, being a part of these is so important because this is where the dialogues are happening and it's where we're learning and we cannot ignore these conversations. Absolutely. Um, and it's really on it happening on such a national level. And fast. Yes. I mean, it's happening fast and there's a lot coming out, right, for us to, to pay attention to. And so that's the context that I came to this from. I had just come back from uh, AFP's conference uh, in San Antonio, and there was a really important session done by uh, uh, Ian McQuillan, who is the founder of Rogari, which is the fundraising think tank. It's an international uh, fundraising think tank that just released its uh, report on U.S. philanthropy. Um, And joint presented with Heather Hill, who is the chair of CFRE International. And the topic was donor dominance. And where in the sector do we see, and is there a line where donors, because of the money, because of their giving, exert dominance over employees, staff, the organization, and that donor will takes over and gets us into potentially situations that are, what's what's the right word? Dangerous, maybe. Yes. Um, uncomfortable, uncomfortable, right? Uncomfortable, right. Exactly. So it, 
being aware of and paying attention to it. And that's where my that's where my headspace was when I heard the that story. And that's immediately what I thought of, because it felt a little to me, not knowing the whole situation and not knowing that relationship between the executive director and the board chair. It felt a little like embarrassing. It felt a little I think the word I used in the email was bullying. Yes. Like I have this money right. and I'm going to give it to you, but only if you do this embarrassing thing that I'm going to make you do to get this money, right? Like I'm yes. holding the money over you yes, in, in a way to make you embarrass yourself. And I thought of, what does that say about the, the, the executive director to his staff? Right. That How he's does, willing to do anything, exact, right? To right. get the money. Yeah. 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 What's, what's the message there? What's the message from that board chair to the executive director? And, you know, dance puppet, (laughs) you know, I hope that this was all good natured and fun and there's a great relationship and it was planned in advance and isn't this great. But I also want to keep that perspective of what is the potential of what does it look like? What does it say? What is that relationship like between the two of them? And you do kind of want to question and go, you, you had this money, right? You're willing to give it, but you're only willing to give it if somebody embarrasses themselves or does this thing that you make them do. It just felt a little oogie. Yeah, well, (laughs) oogie, I love that word. Well, and, you know, I appreciate that perspective because I think for me, knowing a little bit about this organization and the players involved, I don't think there was ever any ill intent. I don't think anyone, to be totally frank, even thought about what you're talking about. I do. I will say, though, that I think the executive director did feel a bit uncomfortable. I mean, I think he was like, oh, God, here I am dressed up in my suit. And, you know, now I got to go just like get, you know, doused in water in a pool. Like, I don't think that was that was not ideal for him. And yet he was like, I don't want to leave 10 grand on the table. And if I don't do it right, like what message if I don't do it, then my board says, oh, you know, like it, it was weird. Like, I think there was a pressure, like an, an, an underlying pressure he felt. And to that's, do that. that's exactly the point, right? You've been asked to do something that is uncomfortable that you don't want to do, potentially embarrassing and I mean, there have been times in my career when I literally only owned one suit. Yeah. You make me jump in a pool. Oh, boy. And yeah. that's, that's that's an true. expense on me. That's a problem for me. But how do you how do you say no in the, that situation? Had he looked at that executive uh, at that board chair and said, no, I'm not doing this. You know, then the then is the money going to come? I right. mean, that's all it, there's. It's all, all murky. It's messy. Right. It, is, it yeah. is messy and it's uncomfortable. And again, that staff is standing there going, well, number one, we need the money. Right. So, hey, executive like, director, be you hero. better do this. Right. Be our hero. <laughs> and on the other hand, they're going, well, if he can't, if our leader can't stand up to the board chair and can't comfortably say no, what does that say to us? Yes. How does that look for us? And what are we going to be made to do that's uncomfortable? Um, oogie. <laughs> <laughs> oogie is the word of the it's day. The, the professional fundraiser's word of the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then I thought, okay, so, right, what would I do in this situation? Because that's really the question. Okay, that's yes, really the I would next love question. to know that, yeah. right? Like, what would you do? I would have jumped in the pool. And I would have been upset. I'd like to say that I'm strong enough that I would have said, no, Mr. Board Chair, I'm not going to dance to your tune, you know. Yes. But, you know, we're all in those situations. 
Because it's also like it kind of feels like you're not a good sport. Like you can, f- it kind of yeah. brings me back to right junior high or high school, right? It's but, like, oh, you're not a good sport. But that's yes, the issue. That's exactly the issue. You know, short, round, bullied clay <laughs> sort of felt like, you know, 10 year old. Right? Sounds felt, like you <laughs> right? reverted back to yeah. your childhood. This really it felt exactly that. Yes. But don't we all feel that way? Even as grown up professionals with a long list of credentials. We get in a situation where we feel like I'm being forced into something I don't want to do, and it's embarrassing, and it's upsetting. And that's where these dialogues about diversity, inclusion, donor dominance, all of these things are so, so, so important. Because the real situation here is if that board chair had that money that they were willing to give, where was the conversation in advance? Yes. Right? What was that relationship going into that situation? And had there been a conversation in advance of, hey, let's let's try like a nice bucket challenge thing, right? <laughs> let's get people to jump in the pool. It'll right. be funny. You know, and and it'll be fun and it's all planned in advance and everybody's good. That's you know? a bit, di- that's, that's different, right? But, but then that, on the spot, and this was from what I heard, at least it was very spontaneous and it was, and you, who knows if drinking, and that is going to be our next topic, yeah. but who knows if drinking was involved? I don't know that. And I'm not here to, you know, right. judge that. Right. I just wonder, right? And then how do you one up that? Like, because then it turns into this, oh, well, yes. I did that last year. So what am I going to do this year? Right. Right. And, and it says to me a little bit, again, I'm making assumptions based on an anecdote, but I do start to question that relationship between the executive director and the board chair. That relationship has to be sacrosanct. It, yes. it, that is probably the most important relationship in a nonprofit. Absolutely. Is that yes. ED to the board chair? What does yes. that say about the two? What else is, ha- you know, wh- where's those other levels of dominance and control that might be happening in other oh, areas? So true. You know? Oh, it's, it's something that felt very lighthearted is now a very heavy topic. Oh my gosh. It's, again, I feel like I need to go to therapy now. <laughs> and I, you know, and I don't, I don't mean for it to be, and I hesitated before I sent the question, but that's why I started where I did these conversations. We have to have them. We have to have them in the sector and we have to start looking at things like we don't have to do business the way we did it before because we're paying attention to different things and we're looking at very, 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 very important things. We are. Well, and this is a great segue. So one of the other things that you brought up, uh, we had this sort of drunk at the gala sort of, you know, uh, conversation. And, you know, we were Andy and I were bantering back and forth about, you know, ways that, you know, you deal with it if, you know, people are giving you drinks at the gala and you're the fundraising staff. And how does all of that play out? And you, um, as someone who doesn't drink, right, right, had very strong since Andy and I were sort of like, oh, pretend like you're drinking or, you know, we have that wine glass and don't really drink out of it or have a sip. I mean, we were just really I'm so sorry in advance for every, anyone who's listened to who doesn't drink or is recovering, you know, you know, is, is recovering from perhaps yeah alcohol addiction because like I we didn't mean that in any negative no, way and yet we we did feel I'm going to speak on behalf of both of us we were a little embarrassed because you really called to our no. attention an issue and thank you for that because no. um shame on us for not realizing <laughs> that so talk a well, little bit more about that and, yeah and my intent wasn't to call anybody out no. but, ag- but again these are important dialogues and let me let me tell a story right to kind of illustrate I was in a situation a couple of years ago right and there was a woman there in a, a headscarf and there was food and I offered her food three times and she politely declined. And the fourth time, I mean, everybody was eating and blah, blah, blah. And the fourth time she said, no, I'm fasting. Oh, 
I felt terrible because it was Ramadan. Oh, boy, yeah. And of course she was fasting. And if I had been just a little more sensitive, right, I would have recognized it. And she said no, you know, and no once is enough. Yes. And, And again, when we talk about diversity and inclusion and making sure that everybody feels welcome and safe, and I, I hold the nonprofit sector to a higher standard. This is what our missions are, is yes. making a place for our everybody. And, and I think we have to hold that higher standard. So, yes, my reaction a little bit, well, sorry, I will say, my, my other reaction was, it's a great Truman Capote story, I've heard it before, but come on, water with olives, like olive juice, <laughs> like gross, right? <laughs> if you really have to pretend, you know, club soda and a lime also works well. Exactly right. <laughs> you were like, eh. <laughs> but then we get into, number one, people who don't drink. I mean, I I don't drink just because I don't enjoy it. I might have a cocktail at home every now and again, but I just, you know, it's just a personal choice. You get religious backgrounds. You get people in recovery. You get all kinds of different reasons why somebody may not drink. But even more importantly, at least to me or as important, um, every staff that I've ever worked on an event with knows that on my watch, they are not allowed to drink at an event. They're on the clock. And those rules are spelled out. Yes, they they are on the clock. You know, and that is part of the deal. And I'm sorry, I realize that that may not be fun, but you're on the clock. And even at another venue, you are, number one, representing the organization. And number two, the minute your foot hits that floor, you are on the clock working and we are liable for you. And what and what happens? That's right? a really good point, because I think we've all seen that where staff maybe don't have those rules or aren't those internal right. rules and they do have a little too much to drink or they've been so stressed out planning the darn event that, you know, they exactly. use that opportunity to get and sloshed. I, and that's not good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. And I get it and I understand it. And I'm sorry, I will take you out for cocktails exactly. another time. Yes. But the board also needs to understand, because I think the story you used was was somebody at a table and the board kept offering and kept offering yes. and they felt like they needed to be cool. Well, that's what I reacted to as well, because what's the problem in your relationships that your staff needs to feel cool with the board? Exactly. I think I said an email, every staff member needs to feel empowered and supported and structured enough to say, thank you. I don't drink. Yes. Period. Period. End of discussion, right? And there's nothing more to be said here, especially with a board member. Board members need to be told the staff is working. They don't drink. What happens? I saw this happen um, at an event uh, about 10 years ago. Um, a donor, you know, bought a whole bunch of stuff at the silent auction. They clearly enjoyed themselves. They had a wonderful time, came up, checked out, wanted to take it with them and said, I've rented a room. I've got a a room in the hotel tonight. Help me carry this stuff up. And the staff member, a young female. Oh, yeah, that's really, oh, that's making me cringe as we're talking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rare, maybe, but we don't know. No, you don't. And you've got to. Yeah. Watch out for all of that. And it's it's empowering staff to be able to say things like, no, I'm working. I don't drink. Thank you very much. Enjoy yourself. Have a great time. It's empowering staff to understand that that's a tricky situation and they need to feel supported in saying, I'm sorry, Mr. Donor, I'll be happy to call a bellman with a cart exactly. to take your stuff up for you, but I need to stay here, Right. I want to be sure we, we have a responsibility to our staff to ensure that they feel safe and secured and valued in both of these situations. Yes. Well, and, and I love the word you use. I mean, empowered, because yeah. I think we don't sometimes it's like there becomes almost this trace of desperation, yes. right? Of we'll oh, whatever we got to do whatever, you yeah, know, to right. get the money. And right. that's not what we want that to be. Right. Because. 
it's there not, are lines. There are ethical lines. There are person. You know, just, right? There, there are there are ethical lines. There are responsible lines. There are legal lines. Yes. What happens if staff comes? You know, nothing untoward happens at the event, but they have a couple of drinks and they drive home and get into an accident. They were on the clock, right? They were required to be there. They were working. We are liable for them. One of the things that our our donors expect of us is that we run a high-level organization that is ethical and responsible. And, you know, a staff member leaves an event and has an accident when they've been drinking. Are we using donor funds responsibly there? Are we, are we being accountable to the things that we're held to? And I think we're not if we allow it and don't encourage the staff to, to know, to understand, right, that, that our liability, our responsibility is to you as a staff member, not just, not, not even just from a religious perspective or a recovery perspective, but this is work. It is. This is a job, you know? I'm curious to know if we were to flip this situation on its head a little bit. And we know that board members oftentimes at these kinds of events will kick back a few drinks. Hmm. Um, sometimes those board members even go on stage to represent the organization. <laughs> sure. And um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, are, do, have you ever seen organizations that ha- try to implement some sort of informal guideline or formal guideline on drinking and if you're a board member representing? I haven't seen it with board members personally. You're making me think of a, another story, right? So it's in course. an HR training I don't know, several years ago. And it was one of those, right? What you can and can't do at work and avoiding issues, blah, blah, blah. This trainer, God love him, was an HR literalist and and a lawyer. And we finally said to him, okay, what you're saying to us is basically, I mean, after after 100 questions, right? What you're saying to us is basically when we walk in in the morning, we should look at a fellow coworker and say, hello, good morning, and not say anything else unless it's work-related. And he goes, that is the only way to avoid any liability. In fact, you should probably just say hello because they might assume that good morning means you're telling them to do something. And you're like, oh, how is it going to explode with that? I mean, and he was right from a legal perspective. You probably can go too far. But boards have a fiduciary responsibility for the organization. They are there representing the organization. It is, a, it is a discussion that should happen at the board level. How many nonprofits, I was thinking about this this morning, how many nonprofits have an HR committee, a human resources very committee? Few, very very few. few. And it's such an yeah, important one right. for these kinds of issues. Right. You know, should the board be allowed to drink? Well, in my mind, they are there representing the organization. They are part of the organization. And no, they should not because... Well, and I'm a little softer, so I'm a little softer on this. But that's a literal interpretation. It is. is. I mean, I what you hope is that board members are going to be mature enough. You hope in any of these situations, right? And use board member and maturity. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, board members listening. No, (laughs) but but I honestly do think that you hope that people are mature enough to realize, okay, I can have a glass of wine with dinner and still carry on, hopefully, you know, and keep my wits about me. Um, It's what's really just tragic, though, is when you see board members or volunteers or sometimes staff get sloppy and whether they're on stage and they're slurring their words or they're just talking to friends, it's kind of like, okay, this is really not cool. Any situation that causes a representative of an organization to impair their judgment. Absolutely. That's problematic. And yet 
let's talk about it, right? The big joke in fundraising by so many is how do we get, how do we offer an open bar so we can get everybody sloshed so they buy more auction items than they would have otherwise? I, I'm of two minds of this, right? Okay. And I knew you were going to say it, right? <laughs> and you're absolutely right to say it. And we've all made the joke. We've all heard the joke, right? Get them drunk and spending money. Um, I want people at a gala to be so emotionally wrapped up in the story that we're telling and the cause that they can't not support, Right. That, that they fully understand that buying a silent auction item, that, you know, raising their paddle, all of those things are beautiful and important and, and charitable and philanthropic. And yeah, I'm also Pollyanna. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I know, that sounds lovely. <laughs> right, it does, right? An it, ideal it, world, it, yes. It's what we started galas for, right? Um, as long as you're willing to accept the liability as an organization and understand that's what you're walking into, and I'm not an HR specialist, I'm not a legal mind, but that is part of coming and having a good time because we do want people to come to our event and have fun. What is I it- love is, have you seen the events where they actually have at the end of the event, because they know maybe people will be drinking heavily given whatever kind of event it was. And they will literally, I've seen a couple times where it says we have hired such and such company. So, or Uber or whatever, we have Uber on hand to take you home. We'll pay for the ticket. I mean, literally I've started to see, I've, I've been to one or two events in the last year that did that, which really is putting it out there saying, yeah, we know, we know you've gotten wildly intoxicated. Hey, uh, it, it, people are people. But at least they were, res- I know, but at least yeah. uh, what I appreciated is yeah. the responsibility of caring about, okay, perhaps we've now created this environment that made it easy for people to drink, sure. and now we need to create a safe way home for them. But what a great, and the fundraiser in me goes, wow, what a great sponsorship opportunity. Oh, you absolutely. know, to talk to a transportation company or one of these absolutely, rideshare companies right. and go, hey, you want your logo on everything? Let's offer this. Right. I mean, there's a really good story to tell there. I mean, again, we want people to come. We want people to have fun. And if an open bar is part of that, that's great. I just go to staff, right? Staff. And board to an extent, we have to remember we're, we're there to work. It, this is our job. There are liabilities involved. There's responsibilities involved. And we never, ever want our staff or our board to be in uncomfortable, difficult situations that might result in some bigger situation down the line. Well, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you just um, really helping shed some light on some of these let's call them not sexy issue. It's much more fun talking about drinking and jumping in <laughs> pools. Right. right but, yeah, yeah. but let's be real. I mean, the, but these are inherent issues that lead to bigger issues. And because it is such a point of discussion and diversity and inclusion and equity and every single thing we're talking about in today's society is becoming more prevalent. We've got to think about how that relates to all aspects of the organization, including fundraising events. We absolutely do. I know. I mean, one thing I neglected to mention at, at the top, we, we have to think about these things holistically as well. Um, even if you've seen any of the compensation studies that are coming out, we, we have a problem with gender equity in pay. Oh, don't even get you know? me started. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, we have the same problems that we're seeing in the news at major for-profit corporations, at, at companies we're all familiar with and had stories about. So, yeah, it might be jumping in a pool. It might be drinking at a gala. But looking at these things holistically and knowing that we are part of this dialogue and that these things apply to us too. That again, that was just. The and we're part of the solution, come... right? We can make the we can be the example of the way it should be if if we want to. Again, Pollyanna, take the lead. I right? know. I still believe twenty plus years in the, in this sector, right? I still believe we should be doing it better. We we do have a higher. We standard have an obligation. That, exactly because 
what we're doing, regardless of your mission, it, somebody on the other end, that beneficiary is getting a better life because of what we're doing. And there is a little bit of a higher standard for us, especially when we're talking about the people that make it happen, right? Our, 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 our staff that's on the front line of, of doing it, dealing with donors, dealing with beneficiaries, right? These folks are the, the heroes. The donors are the heroes, right, for, for giving, and then our staff coming out there and actually doing it are phenomenal. And let's support them and make sure that all of our employees have a, a place to work where they feel comfortable and solid and secure. And well, I'll get off the soapbox. <laughs> no, it, it's a soapbox that we're, we appreciate you being on, especially because you are representing and you do so much in the sector, in the state of Nevada and beyond nationally um, to sort of bring these conversations to light. So we hats off to you. Oh, we thanks. so appreciate your time and Thank willingness you. to be here today. I mean, obviously, I, you know, clearly I have opinions. So <laughs> well, we love it. <laughs> you know, for our listeners, uh, it, Clay is very funny because he'll talk about how he will hear Andy and I, he'll listen to the podcast and he says, and I'm just talking right back at you guys, or I'm arguing with you guys, or, you know, I'm sitting there and, you know, jumping in saying, why, what, what about this point? So <laughs> it's so glad. To, it's so, so exciting to have you here with us. I, I refuse to believe that I am the only one that drives around town listening to podcasts, you know, talking back to the people. Okay. Should because I have it, not shared that story? No, that I love embarrassing? It, right? Because okay. I am certain that there are other people that drive around town doing the same thing. <laughs> I, I hope. And if you are, please send us a, an email just so we know. So Clay knows he's not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thank you, Clay. Thank you. All right, you've gotten through another episode of Nonprofit Everything. And uh, this, as you know, is produced and made possible by and the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits. If you're not a member, you should be one. So go check them out. And uh, special thanks to our listeners for your questions, which is what keeps this podcast interesting, hopefully, and uh, alive for you. So uh, keep sending us your questions and your call to action Find one person in your world who's in the nonprofit sector or loves nonprofit stuff and share this with them. We would love to continue to increase listenership. Mm-hmm.